More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Today on More to Life, fair weather friend. Are you feeling betrayed or let down by a friend or loved one? We'll help you heal. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. Everyone says they want to have a great marriage and family and personal life. Well, the theology of the body reveals how you can actually achieve it. More to life. The happiest couples know how to say I do to each other every moment of every day. Surprising. Relevant. Hopeful. Angela, let's not just settle for stopping your son's behavior. Exactly. Let's talk about the kind of young man you want to raise. Practical. Theology of the body-based answers for every part of your life. God's original blueprint didn't include depression and anxiety. Yeah, that's a human invention. God wants to set you free. Let's talk about making that happen. The life you were meant to live through the theology of the body. More to life. Good morning, everyone. You are listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. I'm Lisa Popchak. And today on More to Life, the show is titled Fair Weather Friend. We're talking about those people in our lives that let us down in some way, big or small, whether that person is very close to you, like a spouse or one of your children, uh, or the friend or ex- extended relation. The reality is we are all broken, sinful people, and despite our best efforts, we all let each other down in some ways, and some of those ways are bigger than others. If you're feeling betrayed or let down by someone you care about, we want to help you heal, and if possible, figure out the next steps to heal that relationship too. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. Again, that number, 877-573-7825. And it's the whole, is it possible with all of this? Because, you know, sometimes you go to somebody and you tell them that they've hurt you or you feel betrayed by them and they're just like, well, you're just being judgmental because you're so Christian. There are lots of blocks that people can put against healing in these situations what do you do then so as someone you care about let you down hurt you or even betrayed you in some way do you wonder how or even if you can heal the situation are you struggling to forgive them do you wonder what it takes to rebuild trust or even if you can with this person let us help you find peace and healing after betrayal. Again, that number is 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. It isn't easy to bounce back after someone we care about has let us down in big ways or small ways. And it's even harder um, when that 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 betrayal or that 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 hurt that they've committed against us is old you know if it's historical you know for example our our parents or someone who isn't in our life anymore you know how do we overcome the pain from those kinds of of betrayals and how do we keep that pain from that betrayal from affecting all of our other relationships you know i know that there are many times where i have had reactions to what I perceive might be leading up to something similar to an old betrayal or an old wound. And that can 
really damage present relationships or our possibility of new relationships because we're carrying around that pain and that fear from having somebody let us down badly or hurting us in some way. It can make our daily life and our future relationships difficult if we're still dealing with that pain from somebody else. So give us a call and let's talk it out. 877-573-7825. Has someone you care about let you down in some way, hurt you, or, or even betrayed you? Do you wonder how or even if you can heal? Are you struggling to forgive that person? Maybe you said, I forgive you, uh, or, or you've tried to forgive them, but the, the hurt and the anger and the frustration is still there. The memory of that particular offense keeps coming back. Uh, do you wonder what it takes to rebuild trust? Or even if you can, give us a call, 877-573-7825. Let us help you find peace and healing after that betrayal. And maybe, because none of us are perfect, you're the one who has hurt someone else. And you don't know how to heal it. You just don't know what to do. And you're, you know, maybe you're saying, oh, well, if I just, you know, work on my, my, my faith or if I work on being a more virtuous person. But that's not really closing the gap between you and that other person, even though you're doing work on yourself. Let's talk about how to heal relationships. Because I said nobody's perfect, but we are called to work toward healing in every relationship we have. Every day on More to Life, we take a look at the topic of the day through the lens of St. John Paul's theology of the body. And if you're not aware of what that is, when St. John Paul was Pope, he gave a series of reflections that looked at how we can discover God's plan for leading a more abundant life and having healthier, holier relationships by looking at his design and creation. The theology of the body reminds us that we were created for communion but lies even little lies undermine the trust that's necessary for building a community of love in a sense betrayal breaks the bones that hold the body of christ together and we need to take the process process of healing those breaks very seriously if we don't, we can end up in a relationship that's full of hairline fractures that the enemy can use to create even more pain down the road. Healing broken trust requires three basic steps. First, the person who committed the offense has to be willing to listen to what you need them to do to heal the wound that they caused. Asking them to listen to your needs and do the work necessary to meet them isn't refusing to forgive them. It's what authentic forgiveness and healing requires. Yeah, and that's really important, you know, because a lot of times people will just say, well, you need to get over it, or that's in the past, or can't we just move past it? And, and it's, it's important for that person who committed the offense to be willing to hear what we need from them to heal it. Uh, second, assuming the offender is sincere in their efforts to heal the wound, that person who was hurt needs to be open to working with the offender to facilitate that process. You know, we just can't say, it's your job to fix it, you know, uh, and walk away. Reconciliation requires everybody involved to be committed to the process. Third, both people need to accept that there aren't any shortcuts to healing a broken bone, even a spiritual one. You know, asking for and receiving forgiveness is really just the first step on the road back from betrayal. 
the actual healing of that break is going to take some ongoing conscious effort, persistence, patience, honesty. Both the offender and the offended need to have a realistic understanding of that process of reconciliation after a betrayal of some sort, big or small, and resist the temptation to either make it harder than it needs to be or pretend that it's easier than it is. And that's a challenge. And that's why we're here today. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. And let's talk about those relationships where you do feel let down or betrayed by someone. Or, as Lisa was mentioning, perhaps you have let down or betrayed someone and you're looking for ways to heal that relationship. The number is 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. Seven eight two five. And as I'm, I'm kind of pondering through this, you know, we said that the first step is is making sure that the person who betrayed you is willing to listen to what your needs are to be able to heal it. There's sort of a preamble to that, which is you need to do the work to figure out what it is you would need from that person. Too often we just say, "You hurt me. You've got to fix it," and we don't tell them how how they can really do that for us. And it's okay if you don't have all the details ready to be filled, sure. you know, filed in triplicate with the home office or something <laughs> before you go talk to this person. But at least spending some time in prayer, you know, asking, you know, Lord, what, what would it take, you know, from this person for me to know that I could trust them again or that they were sincere in, in making this right? You know, what are the things that I would need from them to know that this won't happen again? Uh, and, and really thinking about that so that you can go to that person with some idea of what it would take. And if you, if you really can't figure it out, then talking with somebody that you respect, whether that's a pastor or somebody who's more spiritually mature or a counselor, uh, to really begin to think about what, what would it take to heal my heart and to heal this relationship. Doing that work is a really important part of that reconciliation process. 877 7825. We're talking about those times when someone we care about has let us down or even betrayed us, or those times we've let someone down or betrayed them. And what do we do to make that healing happen? 877 573 7825. Let's take our concerns to the Lord, and then we'll start taking your calls. In the, In the name of the, the Father, Father, the, the Son, Son, and the, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, we come into your presence and we Thank you for this opportunity to spend this time with you. And in a special way today, we ask your blessing on all those broken relationships that we have with people we care about, but who've hurt us in some way, who've let us down, who have even betrayed us in some way, big or small. We ask you, Lord, for the wisdom to know how to move forward, the compassion to see the pain behind those other, the other person's actions, the grace that we need to move forward in healthy ways that allow authentic healing to occur. Give us the grace that we need, Lord, to not make reconciliation and healing harder than it needs to be, uh, but also the grace and wisdom to not pretend that healing is easier than it actually is. Let us commit to doing the work of healing those hurting relationships and the grace that we both need, both the offender and the offended need to do the work the true reconciliation requires. We ask all of this through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary and in the name and of the, the Father, Father, the, the Son, Son, and the, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Pope St. John Paul the Great. Pray for us. Today on More to Life, we are talking about 
broken relationships on our show titled Fair Weather Friend. Are you feeling betrayed or let down in big or small ways by someone you care about, whether that is a spouse, you know, a child, an adult child, or a younger child, uh, you know, for example, a teenager, that you were really disappointed in the choices that they've made. You know, it could also be a friend or extended relative, somebody that you were counting on to be there for you and they just weren't, or someone who you were never expected to behave in a certain way and they really surprised you. We are here to help you identify those next steps toward healing your broken heart and looking at what it would take to heal the relationship. 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877 877- Five seven three seventy eight twenty five. If you are listening via podcast, you can still get your questions in by email. Send those questions to questions at more to life radio.com. That's with the number two questions at more to life radio.com. Let's talk now with Angela, who's listening to EWTN radio in Texas. Hi, Angela. Welcome to more to life. What can we do for you? Hi, good morning. Um, I just wanted to get to see what uh, what I need to do. Um, it's been about 11 years since that I spoke to my sisters. Um, mm. My mom passed away almost 10 years ago. And a year before my mom passed, she was very sick and uh, in and out of the hospital. And I could already see the tension building up between my sisters and I. Um, at that time, around what I, exactly? I'm sorry. Around about what exactly? Uh, what when was my mom started getting sick, yeah, eleven years ago, yeah. when my mom was in and out of the hospital, I could see the tension kind of growing between my sisters and I. Just as far as me, um, I had met my my now husband at that time, and I was kind of. You know, being there for my mom with her illness, but also trying to start this relationship with my husband. Mm -hmm. You know, we were dating, getting to know each other, and I could see that my sisters were upset. Um, My mom. So they they want they wanted you to come around more to help them, and and you weren't you weren't as available as they thought you should be. Right, right. And when I would offer my services, and I was there, it wasn't good enough. It was them assuming that I wasn't around my mom but mm-hmm. I was just not at the time that they were there you know I would go okay. later on in the evening or earlier in the morning okay. um, because my dad was her permanent caregiver mm-hmm. and so a year later after my mom dealing with her illness a year later my mom passed and that's where it took a turn for the worse and soon after uh, the day of my, of my mother's funeral one of my sisters was very ugly and just very hateful towards me, um, and it just kind of spiraled. We we got into, you know, several altercations as far as words, and just it was just ugliness between both both of us. I blame myself, but also them as well. And we just stopped talking. Um, I've tried. For a couple years, I, I took it very hard. My, my grieving was very hard, and I was very angry at them for not letting me grieve my mom the way I needed to. Um, I couldn't grieve her because I was so consumed and worried about what was happening with my sisters. 
that our family was following. And when you got married, were they were they there, or did they it's no. just absolutely they were removed My, from your life? Yes, I invited both. I one of them in particular, I handed the invitation to her directly in her hand, and told her, "Look, I'm sorry for whatever has happened. I need you there." I need you to be there on this on my day. And she flat out said she would never support that marriage and she would never step foot into the church to to witness that. And so neither one of them showed up. Did they have particular um, problems with the man you married? Is there is there another component to that besides just the illness and your and the and your mom's death? From what I was told um, my mom, at the time that she was sick, um, had a lot of, she was hallucinating very, I mean, a lot. And, you know, my husband came with a divorce and three children. And I was single. I was a single mom, just of one. And I had always really been at the beck and call of my sisters for a long time, you know, because I was a single mom and just single. And I just, I lived for my family and, you know, just being there and doing whatever I could do for anybody. And so when my husband and I met, my uh, obviously my, my attention and, you know, my want was to get to know him to see what sure, this sure. Could, what could happen. And yeah. so my sisters didn't like it. And immediately they began telling my mom things about him. Um, of, you know, I'm going to have to jump in just was. because of time. I'm, I'm sorry, just, just one yeah. last quick question here. So when was the last time you had any contact with them, and what was the, what was the result from that? Um, last time I contacted them was uh, almost a year and a half ago. What would have been my mom's 70th birthday. I sent a text message to just the siblings only, with my dad included, and said, I would like to celebrate mom's 70th because this is what she would want us to do is mm-hmm. to all be with each other. Okay. Come to my home. We're opening our home. I want to cook out. I ignored all it. Of us don't bring anything. Just be here. And Sorry, I just need to, because I've only got about two yeah, minutes. So, 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 it. and they ignored that? Okay. And then are you still in contact with your father? Yes. Yes. My dad's okay. the peacemaker. He just maintains the peace and just okay. all right. tries with all so of us. All right. Well, all right. So, 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 you know, we can't fix relationships on our own, uh, and this is this is something we're going to talk about throughout the show. But, but, forgiving somebody doesn't mean making it all better. It means, this is Saint Augustine said, you know, that, that forgiveness means surrendering surrendering our natural desire for revenge. You know, so at the point where we stop wanting to hurt someone for having hurt us, we've forgiven them. Now, so it's possible to re- to forgive somebody without being reconciled to them. And the reason I say that is because you're not capable of fixing a relationship that somebody else doesn't want to fix. You can open the door, uh, and if the if if the relationship is important to you long term, you, you could send another message that says, you know, I, I I I look I respect that you don't want to have anything to do with me. I I do love you, and I would like a relationship. And at any point that you would like to be in touch with me, I would very much like to work through this with you and 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 have a relationship moving forward but i'm going to leave it to you uh and and then you you've done your bit to leave the door open uh, and and put a welcome sign on the door for whenever they want to walk through it but as christians we're not obliged to fix everything by ourselves and that's something that a lot of people get caught up in um the idea that that somehow we haven't forgiven them if we if everything isn't fine now um so i you know i i think that it would be worthwhile extending that last effort and saying you know it's up to you 
but I, I'm here for you when and if you would like to be in touch. I will always love you, and your, our relationship will always be important to me, um, but I'm not going to force myself on you. I, 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 I wish your father would be willing to play more of a, you say he's a peacemaker. I, you know, he's, there's a difference between peacemaker and quiet maker. You know, peace is, when the, the, is the tranquility that results from right order. Quiet is just the absence of conflict, and it sounds to me like he's just kind of trying to keep the conflict down. I would appeal to your dad to ask him to try to be a mediator here because uh, that's what scripture says when we get work it out with a person then we find somebody else who we respect uh, and 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 you know appeal to him to try to make some uh, real peace but if that's not possible the best you can do is is what you've done and, and grieve the relationship and move forward uh, and and really get the support from the people that love you your husband your children uh, and the people in your life now angela thank you so much for the call if there's more we can do to support you don't hesitate to reach out we got to go to break when we come back we're continuing to take your calls about those relationships that are broken by being let down or hurt or betrayed by someone you care about father thomas loyal will also be joining us to share some insights from the theology of the body on healing those relationships stick around would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Father Benedict Groeschel. I don't think people should have negative fears of God, but I think you should get a lump in your throat. You should feel excited. Suppose I was going to take you and introduce you to the Pope or to the president of some country or something. You might get a lump in your throat. Forget it. Every day, you, I, live and move and have our being in the presence of God. These are the class of feelings we should have, and we should have them to an intense degree if we really had the sight of Almighty God. These feelings are the feelings which we shall have if we realize His presence. And in proportion, as we believe that He is present, we shall have them. And not to have them is not to realize, not to believe that God is present to us. EWTN. Live Truth. Live Catholic. CMF Curo is a Catholic health care ministry providing families nationwide with a better solution centered around whole health, spirit, mind, and body. Our members share their medical burdens within a faith-filled community. At CMF Curo, our members have access to a spiritual director, concierge services, and other health and spiritual resources. Find out if CMF Curo is a better solution for your family. Visit MyCatholicHealthCare.com. That's MyCatholicHealthCare.com. Welcome back, folks. You are listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. I'm Lisa Popchak. And today our show is titled Fairweather Friend as we talk about those relationships that have been broken by being let down or betrayed by someone we care about. 877-573-7825. Joining us right now, Father Thomas Loya. He is the founder and director of the Tabor Life Institute. He's a pastor, a counselor, and an expert on the theology of the body. Father Loya, welcome to More to Life. Thank you. Great to be here in this new year. Blessed new year to everybody, and and with your spirit. <laughs> and you know, we yeah. were talking. We're talking about betrayal and and, and broken trust. You know, what insights do you share with people who come to you with these kinds of problems as a pastor? 
Well, one of the things that's very common right now, especially this time of year, I'm seeing a lot of is um, you know, the family crisis where there is a, and this is something that's not realized as betrayal, but the pain that happens when, especially a young adult says, I'm, you know, I'm coming out, I'm transgender, or they, or they embrace some kind of ideology that is foreign to what they were raised in our church and so on. Uh, generally, there's a sense of betrayal by the other members of the family, especially the parents, which that person who's kind of coming out doesn't quite realize. So I think what I recommend is that, first of all, that is your Christmas. That That's where Christmas begins. You know, Christ came into this world to help us become, as, like the algebraic communion and, and reconciled and so on. So we start that process now that this has come to a head, has come out now. That's a good thing. So now we start to heal it. And what do we do? Well, first of all, we make it... Uh, plain to the other person that there is a sense of betrayal that you feel. Family members and parents, you know, I didn't raise you this way and so on. The second thing is accept, you have to let them know that acceptance and sensitivity is not a one-way street. Both have to try to hear each other. That's sometimes the other problem here. And then the third thing is, I call it healing with both hands. Uh, the one betrayed or feels betrayed must use the honesty and wavering truth, in other words, stick to their principles, what is true, what they believe, but at the same time, be encouraging. Uh, in other words, the, the, you want to, as you said before to the caller, you, you value this relationship, you value the community, the communion, and you want to try to preserve that. So can we really hear each other and understand where each other's coming from and be accepting, but realize that I have principles, uh, I, I'm going to stand on, I'm not going to waver on this, but I, I will also in, encourage you, this is a positive process. This is not a finger-pointing uh, kind of bitter process, div dividing process. It's hopefully a uniting process. So those are the three things that I recommend at this time. These things come up very commonly now at this time of year when everybody's gotten together and come back from college and so on. So that's what I see a lot. I'm working with that a lot right now. Well, I appreciate your insights, Father Loya, and you know the fact that what you know you're talking about really seeing this as a long-term commitment, a long-term process, uh, is really important because I think the temptation is very often to just sort of, you know, try to whitewash it or or, or sweep it under the rug and say, oh well, we're just going to go along to get along. But 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 I think that uh, you know healing those wounds to the body of Christ requires more commitment than that, and I appreciate you bringing our attention to that. If folks would like to learn more about Father Loya's work, you can go to Tabor Life Institute org that's t-a-b-o-r like mount tabor taborlifeinstitute.org and we're taking your calls listeners right now on our show titled fairweather friend are you feeling betrayed or let down by someone you care about has someone you care about hurt you in some way and you're not sure how to forgive and move forward or heal the relationship or your own broken heart we're here for you 877-573-7825 more to life will continue with your calls right after the break stick around we have something that stands in utter contrast to the lies of this world it's called the word of god the word of god is what demolishes all that sets itself up as an opponent to the good the true and the beautiful all that sets itself up as an opponent to christ jesus the word of god is given to us so that we have something to hold on to that's true in all circumstances. We always have a place where we can wash ourselves in the regenerating waters of Scripture. We have a place to retreat to, where we can cling to what is true. The Word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of the soul and spirit, of the joint and the marrow, and it's a judge and critic of the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. 
Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. How can we be sure our conscience is guiding us rightly? The Catholic Catechism states that in order to make correct moral judgments, we must have a well-formed conscience, one that is upright, truthful, and formulates its judgments according to reason and conforms them to the true good willed by the wisdom of the Creator. In order to avoid the trap of negative influences and the desire to prefer our own judgments, we must educate our conscience. The Catechism asserts that prudent education teaches virtue and guarantees freedom and engenders peace of heart. What are the ingredients of this educational stew? The Word of God, which we absorb through faith and prayer and an examination of conscience before the Lord's cross. Though our modern world sometimes makes discernment difficult, a well-formed conscience helps us see what is right and choose what is the will of God as expressed in divine law. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. Hi, I'm Lisa Popchek. Our children don't belong to us. They belong to God. God gives his earthly children earthly parents because he wants them to be able to feel his love through your body and see his face in your eyes. Christian moms and dads are meant to be the face of God to our kids. That's a beautiful thought, but it can be a little intimidating. Don't worry. God wants to parent with you, and he gives us his grace to raise his kids well. That said, this mindset requires us to be open to parenting differently than how we were raised or what comes naturally to us. No matter how good your parents were, they weren't as perfect as our Heavenly Father is. And no matter how well we turned out, we aren't saints. Yet, every day, ask God to help you be the parent He wants you to be. Ask Him to give you the grace to love generously correct gently and let your kids know that you delight in the gift they are to you pray that god will help you be the parent he's calling you to be and enable you to bring out the best in your kids to learn more check out our book parenting your kids with grace or visit catholichom.com Welcome back, folks. You are listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. I'm Lisa Popchak. And today on More to Life, the show is titled Fair Weather Friend. But we're not just talking about friends. We're talking about all relationships where someone you care about has let you down or even betrayed you in big or small ways. Or those times when you have hurt someone you care about and you're not sure how to, re- how to repair those relationships. Either way, we are here for you at 877-573-7825. Again, that number, 877-573-7825. Let us help you find peace and healing after betrayal. Let's talk now with Diane, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Texas. Hi, Diane. Welcome to More to Life. What can we do for you? Hi, thank you. My question is, um, it was greatly answered by Father Loyla just a moment ago, but I'm hoping Mm -hmm. you can expand on it and even possibly um, repeat some of that, um, which was what to do when you have an ongoing 
let down or betrayal by your adult children who have strayed from all they were taught growing up. Okay. Can you tell us a little bit more about what the situation is with your adult kids? Sure. So um, one has chosen uh, to live um, an alternative lifestyle um, with the same, you know, same-sex attraction um, still loves the family, loves to come home, um, but there's just no sign of wanting to change um, in reverse directions. Um, has been this way for about 10 years. And then the, the second has chosen um, to uh, live with a girlfriend. And so it's, again, we've you know spoken at length um, with them over all this time. Um, the other one, the, the son, is a more recent development. Um, but both have been, you know, both have had many conversations about it and are teaching them and what's right, what's wrong, and so forth, but neither neither have responded well to, to those conversations. And okay, yeah. Well, no, I think I understand sort of what 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 the situation is. What would you like to have happen moving forward? Help me understand that first, and I want to then, then I'll offer some thoughts. Sure. I mean, ultimately, you know, as a parent, you want to see your child um, practicing their faith and living their faith mm-hmm. and its teachings, um, so we can all get to heaven. Um, but I guess for now, it's it, it is very much like the elephant in the room. Um, you know, at get-togethers and, and holidays and such. And and it, it seems to me like it's just not like that's not helping. Like maybe the elephant needs to come out. What what the what's the what's the what's the relationship like with your adult kids? Do you see them often? Um, how do you talk to them um, regularly? What's... Sure, they come you know come home for holidays. Um, the daughter loves being with her family, loves doting on her family. You know, plenty of gifts at Christmas, um, and then. The son, though, has distanced himself more so. Um, you can see easily the joy on his face is gone. Um, he's gone through a lot of hard, hardships in his life, some due to his own um, causes and some you know, out of his hands that happened to him. So um, the relationship is, is there. I mean, we definitely you know talk and, and so forth, but there's just the son. Like, uh, and, but with both of them, like, do, do you mention holidays? Like, do, do you talk? on a weekly basis on a you know do they you see them regularly or is it just more of like they come for the holidays and and that's pleasant yeah pretty much just the holidays um the the daughter will definitely text more and talk more i mean i'd say we talk at least you know once a month um on the phone okay. and you know it's usually just about niceties and things like that mm-hmm. all right well so a couple of things um you know when our adult, there are a couple couple of thoughts here. First of all, it's important, um, not just for you, but for for everybody to to understand that there's a difference between teaching and formation. Um, and and you know we can often tell our kids things about the faith, but we miss the fact that they're lacking in some kind of formation on how to live the faith or how to uh, how to how to 
lean on the faith when they're going through difficult times or when they're having struggles. We can know all kinds of facts. I mean, you know, you and I both know all kinds of things like, you know, we should eat healthy or we should exercise or we should X, Y, or Z. And we don't do those things, even though we've been taught those things. There's a difference between teaching and formation. And so, you know, the important thing to look at here is there is a pain that, that your kids are experiencing. You know, both of them are struggling to know how to give and receive love in healthy and godly ways. And I don't know why they're struggling in that, but I think that, that instead of seeing this as they are willfully rejecting the faith or they're behaviorally, you know, they're behaving badly. Or defying you in some way. You have to see this as they have encountered certain pains in their life, in their own personal growth, in their identity development, that they did not receive, and I'm not blaming you for this, right? I'm just saying that as a matter of fact, they did not receive the formation from you or others that would have enabled them to see how the faith applies to addressing that particular, those particular pains that they were experiencing and are continuing to experience. And the thing about that is lecturing doesn't help heal pain, right? You know, just talking it, saying it over and over again doesn't help heal pain. What helps heal pain is relationship, um, and and prayer and accompaniment and I want to talk about the difference between accompaniment and acceptance because this is a really important thing when you're dealing with with adult kids and we and by the way we develop all of these themes in our book uh, ha- having meaningful sometimes difficult conversations with our adult sons and daughters uh, it's available at catholiccounselors.com or wherever books are sold and it'll go deeper into what I'm going to able to share with you here if you'd like to get more information on this but one of the things we talk about in the book is the difference between accompaniment and acceptance. Think of it this way. You know, God does not want us to sin, right? And then there's another truth here, which is that we can't draw our next breath without God giving it to us, right? God is the, God, God is the direct you know, sustainer of our life. And if he didn't give us our next breath, we, we wouldn't exist, right? So, you know, the fact that God is still allowing us to draw that next breath, even when we're sinning, means that God is there with us, right? Now, he's not approving of our sin. He's not willing that we sin. Uh, he doesn't want us to sin, right? But he is giving us that, that next breath, that next moment, because he wants to give us the opportunity to repent. It's an invitation. It's an invitation. He isn't supporting us in our sin, but he's supporting us in the things that we will allow him to support him, to support us in so that if and when we're ready to turn around and turn around our lives, he's there to receive us. He's always always accompanying us in every next moment he gives us saying, "I love you. I can help heal this. I can help heal the pain. Do you want to turn to me?" And count on me to walk this with you and help you. But even when we reject him on those particular parts where he's saying, you know, Greg, don't do that thing. I love you too much. Please don't go there. He still supports us in the ways that he can that are healthy and holy and the ways that will let him that are healthy and holy so that if we at any point want to turn to him, we can. In a similar way, when our our adult children or anybody that we care about is living a life that is contrary to the gospel, we don't want to cut them out. We want to find ways to be more present to them in ways that are healthy and holy. 
Uh, and it's not just avoiding the elephant in the room. Um, you know, you've talked to them. They know where the, they know where you stand. They know how you, they know what you believe. They know what the the truth is objectively. Very much like we all know, we should diet and exercise, <laughs> right? They they, we, they know the shoulds, but but they don't know. Um, you know, how to apply that in the particular pain they're experiencing. And the more you are involved in their lives in the healthy and holy ways that they will let you be, and the more you can find ways to support them in doing the healthy and or holy things that they still do in whatever way they do them, uh, the more you can be an instrument of grace in their lives. So I, I really want you to reflect, Diane, on what is the pain that they're feeling and why are they struggling to see God in that pain? Um, and and I want you to so two things. One, I want you to, to really look at how can you accompany them even while you're not a, approving or accepting what they're doing. What was that? What would that look like? And secondly, you know, rather than seeing this as a betrayal of the way of the way they were raised or uh, an act of a willful act of rejecting the faith or um, you know a behavior a bad behavior, I want you to see this as. They did not receive the formation they needed to know how to apply their faith to the pain they're experiencing. What would it take to heal that pain? Now, maybe you can't be the person to do that healing, but you can be a person in, the, in, in their lives that walks with them and that as they're talking about it, and, and, and they can ask about their pain, they can empathize with that pain, that, that can then find healthy and holy ways to point to addressing that pain. Um, but if you just stick with, you know, the catechism says, or some version of that conversation, it, you're just going to push them further and further away and, and miss the opportunity to be an instrument of grace in their lives. Well, the other thing I want to say, Diane, is as antithetical as it seems to you, what you want to be doing is building a relationship with your children as a whole family. The fact that you only, you know, you you're just chat with each other once a month and see each other on holidays is holding everybody at arm's length and it's being nice. And and I will never forget Bill Donahue from the Theology of the Body Institute once said, you know what? The scripture is love one another as I have loved you, not be nice to one another as I've been nice to you. And we all do this pinkies up, let's be nice, as you said yourself, Diane, let's not talk about the elephant in the room. Well, we don't always have to be talking about the elephant in the room. We, we have don't to be talking her, about each other's hearts. We don't want to make our feelings. kids a project, right? No, yeah. not at all. We want to love them for the people they are and walk with them in them being their best selves and us being our best selves. And it takes a lot especially as parents, for us to step back and work through our shame because our kids aren't making us look real good, even in our own heads, our pain for seeing what they're going through and, and how they're living, our fears of all of that. We've got stuff to work through ourselves. And as we do that work, and share how inviting Christ into our lives is making our lives better. As we reach out to love them and talk to them about what are they going through at work, with their friends, in their relationships, in the world as it is. You need to be developing a relationship with them so you can accompany them. Just being nice once a month on the phone is not going to get you there. And if they get to a point where they are looking for somebody to help them heal and move in a direction because they are starting to not like how they are feeling. 
you want to be that person that they turn to, and they won't unless they know you can be and will be. So, so in sum, how can you build relationship with them? How can you accompany them without accepting what the choices that they're making? And thirdly, how can you empathize with the pain that they're in um, the, the, you know, the, and, and point them to healthy, holy ways to address that pain? Uh, we talk more, much more about all of this in um, having meaningful, sometimes difficult conversations with our adult sons and daughters. It's available at CatholicCounselors.com uh, or wherever books are sold. If you'd like more personal guidance through this, we'd be happy to work with you as well through pastoral uh, through our pastoral telecounseling practice at CatholicCounselors.com. But you know, this is something that a lot of people struggle with, and there is there is hope and there is healing available. Uh, Diane, I hope that these suggestions we've given you on the air will get you started down that road. If there's more we can do for you, please don't hesitate to check out the book or learn more about our pastoral telecounseling services at CatholicCounselors.com. With that, we have to take our break, and it's time for our scripture of the day which comes to us from Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 and 15. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. Now, this is a really important verse, and it speaks to the importance of forgiveness, the critical of importance of forgiveness in the Christian walk. But it also... Um, can be kind of intimidating for us when we hear this scripture because we're often confused about what forgiveness means. We often think that if I still feel angry about the hurt or if I remember the hurt or if I want that person to do something to heal the hurt, um, you know, if, if the relationship isn't completely made right again, all on my own power, whether that other person wants to heal it or not, if I haven't fixed it all, then somehow God's going to hold that against me. That is not what the scripture means at all. Uh, again, as we mentioned earlier in the program, St. Augustine tells us that forgiveness is surrendering our natural desire for revenge. That's all it requires. Now, sometimes that's a lot, right? Reconciliation is a different thing altogether. You know, I can forgive somebody on my own power. I can say, you know what? Yes, I'm still hurt by what they did. No, I can't trust them as far as I can throw them, but I don't want anything bad to happen to them. And, and I want, you know, in fact, I want good for them. And, and if they wanted to heal the relationship, I would work on that, even though it would be hard. I have forgiven them, even if I'm not reconciled to them. And even the Catechism, uh, 2843, says, It is not in our power to feel, excuse me, it is not in our power to not feel or forget an offense. So it's not in our power to not feel or forget an offense. But the heart that offers itself to the Holy Spirit turns injury into compassion and purifies the memory in transforming hurt into intercession. So I don't have to pretend that the person did, didn't do the thing they did to hurt me. I don't have to make everything all right on my own. I don't have to not hurt anymore to say that I've forgiven that person. I just have to not want to hurt them back or have bad things happen to them for having hurt me. And I have to be bringing that relationship to, to God in prayer, asking him to transform my heart into a heart of intercession, that God would address the pain that's in my heart and in theirs so that we can both become everything that God created us to be in his time. And that very important word that is there in the catechism, that it will be transformed into compassion that then allows us to intercede. Because if we're going to, in to intercession with a hardened heart, God will use anything we give him. And he will hear that prayer. But if we go to him feeling a sense of compassion for the person that's wronged us, not that we let them off the hook, but we have compassion for their pain, 
then that intercession is so much purer and the Holy Spirit is able to move in our hearts as well as in theirs. And, and you know, compassion doesn't have to be the only thing we feel. We can still feel hurt. Very important. Or, or, or angry or frustrated. Or scared. Or scared. You know, we can feel whatever we feel in addition to that compassion. But if that compassion's there, we have forgiven that person. We are doing what God has asked us to do. All right. With that, we've got to go to break. When we come back, we're continuing to take your calls on our show titled Fairweather friend, as we talk about those times when someone we care about, someone close to us, has let us down or betrayed us in some way, give us a call, 877-573-7825. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tomio. So when you see these different media outlets working directly in conjunction or conclusion with the government to suppress stories, what does that say to us about the reliability or lack thereof of the secular media? And then this is combined with a report that came out, a survey that was done on media executives. They interviewed 75 media leaders around the country, and they're saying we're done with objectivity. Well, that's not exactly a news flash. But the fact that they're claiming that objectivity is just no longer necessary and we are elitists, we know better, and this is what we're going to do, is frightening. And this is one of the reasons that we stress the importance of having outlets such as The Register and EW10 News Nightly and The World Over and Catholic News Agency and EW10 News In Depth. Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. Hello, Steve Ray here. Everything in the Bible and in the Catholic Church starts with the book of Genesis. It reveals to us God's plan for mankind. Yet Genesis can be daunting, especially given the scientific discoveries of the last few centuries. Well, that's where I come in with my new book, Genesis, a Bible study guide and commentary. Discover a thoroughly Catholic approach to this exciting and dramatic ancient narrative that is so often misunderstood. You can get the book now on the store page at AveMariaRadio.net. Check it out. Want more tips for living a more joyful, abundant life through the gift of the theology of the body? Well, and follow us on Facebook at More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa, and on Twitter and Instagram at Catholic Counselors. We'll see you there. Thank you for joining us today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today on More to Life, our show is titled Fairweather Friend, as we talk about every relationship with family with friends um where we've been where we experience betrayal or someone we care about has let us down let's talk about how to heal at 877-573-7825 let's talk now with nick who's listening to ewtn radio in south dakota on real presence radio hi nick welcome to more to life what can we do for you well thank you thank you for having me lisa popcheck and dr popcheck I would like to see what you can help me with the situation here. Been married for um, 15 years, and about a decade ago, there was some infidelity that was just really uh, shared about a year and a half ago, and just sort of been working on our own through different ways. But I still struggle where 
you mentioned you got to share a need. What what do you sort of need to help heal? And early on, I shared, well, I need intimacy, you know, if it be touch or physical and something that would be um, certainly happen, but it was like the enthusiasm is really there in a sense where um, it can come across where, well, I'm just doing this to because that's what you want. And so then it's like continues to, mm. for my spot, to see it as like, okay, there's still a breach in the relationship because uh, I didn't quite realize these kind of things where uh, even like connecting emotionally and mm-hmm. just never really had those skills until more recently. So it just happened through her hurts and, you know, my certainly hurts and I have my faults that she's been getting healing from, from a priest and eventually developed uh, like an emotional connection is how I felt. And it just where you got that chance to really open up and share where someone's really listening to you. Is this um, the infidelity then, we're talking about or is this a different, this is no, a more recent no, thing? No, it was a physical type of infidelity a decade ago. But a year, but the last three years just had been getting healing where the Lord has did some reckless healing. Like the Lord during COVID suddenly showed back up, really called us back into the church. Um, I had a miraculous healing where I went to confession and was... Uh, Instantly I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to jump in. I just want to clarify: Is this relationship with the, okay. this emotional relationship with this priest still going on? No, no, no. The uh, that's certainly, okay. but the person still wants that person around, or you know, to still come over. The, the, well, the, per, but, the person but, being your wife, not you mean. the one-on-one to help heal. You know, so because gotcha. I had I viewed it as that way, just because of the just the, okay. the almost a person could say limerence or just the. You know, I didn't see it at that time until it was revealed, and then, of course, you know, when you... Right. All right, Nick, I'm going to jump in just because we have two minutes before they play us out here, and I want to give you some things to work on. Um, So, I, you know, one of the things that's important to realize is that with with infidelity, and I realize this was a decade ago, um, the the sexual infidelity anyway was, uh, the emotional infidelity a little bit more uh, uh, recent, but when when somebody cheats uh, emotionally or physically... Um, it's not just because there are problems in the relationship. There are lots of couples who have problems in the relationship that don't cheat. The, the, what, what, we, what we tend to find is that the person who cheats is not very good at expressing their needs, not very good at dealing with their feelings, not very good at dealing with conflict. So they tend to repress a lot of things. They don't feel like they have a lot of personal power to make change and to get what they want out of a relationship. And so they just sort of want it to happen. Um, and, and so they get depressed, and they find somebody that makes them feel better, and they use that person as a kind of self-medication for depression. Uh, and so the, the, even though this happened, you know, the, the main affair happened 10 years ago, my suspicion is that your wife has not gotten the help that she really needs to do any of this work, and that the two of you haven't gotten the help that you need to learn how to cultivate real intimacy, emotional intimacy, spiritual intimacy, much less physical intimacy, uh, because the physical intimacy needs to flow from that emotional and spiritual connection that you have and you don't have that connection and so my I, you know I, I that's not something you know you know a pastor can certainly bless us pray for us administer the sacraments to us confession uh but but um they can't provide the kind of counseling and give you the kind of skills that we're looking for here and so i really encourage you to seek some professional support for your marriage for each other uh, to address these deeper wounds that have never been touched uh, and, and, and really build the skills that the both of you need 
Talking with your pastor is not the same thing as receiving competent marital counseling or pastoral counseling, so I'd encourage you as a next step to reach out there. I'd also like you and your wife to go through my book, How to Heal Your Marriage and Nurture Lasting Love, which looks at eight research-based habits that healthy couples have that any other couple can learn, but you can get that at Catholic Counselors as well. To More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popchek. More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Dan McGraw. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net.